I'm Liz Wall. And I'm Jessica Aro. Russia cuts off gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria in retaliation to sanctions for its invasion of Ukraine. Europe is calling the measure blackmail. In the U.S., the House passes a bill urging President Biden to sell seized Russian yachts to provide more aid to Ukraine. Today, we speak to a renowned former Finnish intelligence colonel about the KGB-style psychological tactics of Russia's information warfare and how language differences can explain why Russia and the West have completely different worldviews when it comes to democracy and truth. Thank you, Liz. Um, today we have here with us Marti Kori, who is a former intelligence colonel in the Finnish Defense Forces, and now he teaches at the University of Jyväskylä, Finland. Welcome, Marti. So happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here with you. Great. You have made this super popular video lecture on YouTube. It has 1.5 million views already. I really recommend it to everyone. Uh, and in the video, you give a lecture about Russia's strategic culture. Uh, please elaborate. What does Russia's strategic culture mean in information warfare? No, strategic, strategic culture means that it's a theory. It's a theory of international politics, and it's it's a, a, the way to explain how a state see the threats and how it responds to those threats. And when we go to the information space or information warfare, uh, it explains when we speak about Russia. It explains how Russia see the threats. Uh, which are focusing to Russia in the information space and how it responds to those threats. And and, and when we speak about Russia, we have to understand that they, they approach is different than us. They, they have a comprehensive approach to the information warfare. They have they have uh, two, two, two sides or two parts. They have uh, information psychological part and information technological part and information technological part is our cyber and information psychological part is our psyops or something like that but in west we had those two components they are quite different but in russian they keep them in together the russians they have a long long tradition to keep those two 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 things together and they they are very good in that Speaking of this psychological aspect, Marty, uh, you've argued that Russia does not think like the West, that we have fundamentally different world uh, world views, different values. How does the Russian mentality differ from the West? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a good yeah. question. Yes, please. Absolutely. Um, just to finish the question, uh, do you, do you, um, what do Russians think about when they think of democracy? Do they view it uh, as a threat? Yeah. Also, things like the rule of law, violence. Um, how does their mentality in these areas differ from the way we think in the West? You know, we have to understand the basics. The basics are very different. For example, Russia is not a rule of law uh, country. It's a rule by law. If if the laws are protecting us from the the wrongdoings of of our superiors in Russia it's upside down it's it's protect the superiors 
from the normal people and it gives them uh, possibilities, for example, to use violence against their own people and, and so on and so on, to, to isolate the information space. And, 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 and so, so it's, uh, the, the, the approach to the law is very different uh, in Russia than we have. And also, also the, the concept of democracy is very different because they don't have, have a, ever a democracy. We have, you know, the normal elect, electronic uh, election cycles. We elect our presidents and our parliaments or whatever you call them every fourth, every sixth, every uh, fifth year, and, and, and the leadership change. But in Russia, if you get inside the leadership, um, leadership, you get the position that you can, you can uh, steal or saw to yourself a governmental money. So say they, they don't want to give up their position. So if you ever get some kind of higher position in the administration, Russian administration, you never give it up because you can, you can, in that case, you can, you can steal and you can be corrupted. You can, so you can earn a lot of money and that's why they are not very interested about democracy. The only memory of democracy was 1990s, which was quite um, confusing time because they didn't know how, how to behave. So, so, so the oligarchs, Uh, grab all you know the, the, the money for the, from the normal people and, and the people were very poor and inflation rate was 2500 uh, in one year so so the, the, the democracy is curse word for for the Russians in practice excellent point and yeah it really seems that some of those officials in Russia seem to be in power forever. Uh, like you said, for example, the prosecutor general Chaika, who has been caught red-handed for stealing, uh, for example, the companies operating in Russia and, and their money and belongings. So, uh, and also another um, forever appointed official seems to be the defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, who has mm-hmm. also governed for years and years. Um, and, and back then to the information warfare, uh, you have brought up uh, recently in one of your lectures, uh, for example, the term Ukro-Nazis. And I would like to point out that it seems to be that in the core of information warfare, there is this idea of redefining concepts. And it's kind of a tool of attacking people's consciousness, it seems, and, and really affect their thinking and attitudes. So uh, how about what we are seeing now uh, in Kremlin's information warfare against Ukraine? Uh, We've seen the Kremlin redefine old concepts and invent these new ones. What is a Ukronazi? And how about this term denazify that uh, Putin himself is using? Ukronazi uh, is a it's a word what they are using because Nazi is the 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 the, the, the most the worst human being or even below the human being are the Nazis because The Second World War or the Great Patriotic War, as they t- call it, the Russians, it was from their the point of view, it was a, a, a war between two ideologies, you know, uh, Nazism and Bolshevism. 
and and that's it. The Americans they were just supporting. They had just supporting role. The 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 Brits they had just supporting role, but it was a fight between Bolshevism and Nazis. And Nazis are everything what was what what is bad. It's related with Nazis. The Nazis they rape, they burn, they steal, they they do all the bad things. So so and now if you want to change the mindset of the Russian people, because Russian and, and, and Ukrainians they are they are brother nations. They are both East Slavic nations and their languages are close and they are mixed. So if you had to change the mindset of the Russians very fast to accept the 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 the, the thing that you are fighting a war against the Ukrainians, your brothers you had to have a story that okay they are nazis they are ukro nazis all the nation they are bad they are they were fighting against us i mean the russians in the second world war there was stepan pandera who was their leader and he was a bad guy so so it, it's it's like a it's like a magic magic trick how you get the people start to think that ukrainians they are our enemies they are bad they are nazis and so on So it's a form of demonizing and demonizing. It, right. It's even more, I guess, you know, because yeah. But you are right. Yes, you are right. Mm-hmm. And it's. It, do you think it's always needed in a conflict to build an enemy image of such such, for example, Nazi, in order to justify the attack later on, the kinetic full warfare against this so-called enemy and Nazi or whatever demonized image there has been created with the use of information warfare? You had to spare the word use of word Nazi because you can you can't use that always. But you you can use that if you want really have influence influence to the mindset of Russian people, then you can say fascists or Nazis and so on. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you have also said that the Kremlin wants to destroy Ukraine's national story. Uh, what does that mean? Please elaborate. You know, when when Ukraine re get his re independence in 1991. They build a nation. They they are a nation. They are people. They have their own language. They have their state borders. They are part of European civilization because uh, part of the Ukraine they are Catholics because influence of Poland because they were part of the west part of Ukraine was part of Poland at one time. So they are Catholics and they are they are not Asiatic country as as Russia is. They are European country as. Poland and and so on so 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 so, so the Ukrainian national narrative is that they are European country which who want to belong to European Union how might might like to join to NATO they have their own people they have their own language and and so on. and and now Russia want to destroy all that because they want to destroy that national story they are Russian are saying they are not the nation the Ukrainian language is not the language. And the, the borders are, are are not those borders. The, the, they are not the right borders because now Crimea belongs, according to Russians, Crimea belongs to Russia, and so on and so. So they want to destroy all the details of of the Ukrainian national narrative, national story, step by step. It's interesting the way um, this, the way that they use these terms to demonize the enemy, 
And it seems to be working because the fact is that most Russians support this war. Um, commentators in the U.S., for example, think that the Nazi narrative is so absurdist that it's impossible for for anybody to believe this Nazi narrative that um, that the Kremlin is trying to, or that has that the Kremlin has manufactured. However, we know that Russians uh, believe it. There's this horrifying story where a Russian soldier uh, breaks into a, a home, uh, an invader, and asks, you know, where are the Nazis? Where are the Nazis? Mm -hmm. And ends up taking this general of this Ukrainian outside and, and executing him. Um, this was a report from inside of Ukraine. So this really poisonous labeling of Ukrainians, um, unfortunately, seems to be working. Um, and even if most Russians don't believe in the whole Ukrainian uh, Nazi, uh, Ukro-Nazi narrative, most, most Russians do support this war. So how do you think information manipulation has contributed to that happening? Um, what are the most worrying stories that the Kremlin is mobilizing in its information war about Ukraine, in your opinion? Well, I think that the Russians, they, they, they have they have long time cult cultivated the information space. It started in 2012 already when they had the big demonstrations against the re-election of of, of of Vladimir Putin, and after that they have tightened, 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 tightened all the time the information space in Russia. So they they have a lot of laws who regulate regulate the information space and and the laws who give authorities uh, authorization for the authorities to to control, to narrow, to monitor whatever happened in information space, especially in internet. And now, now when, when they have, and, and now they are, are planning to isolate, isolate whole, whole Russian segment of, of internet. So, so they really try to build up an, 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 a vacuum or, or, or isolated environment, information space in Russia. And, and, also not only technically but also mentally because now uh, year uh, month ago they they accept the law that if you mention if you use wrong words you might get 15 years jail for example if you mention a war if you speak about war you might be you know they will put you to the jail 15 years or something like that so they they, they are fighting very hard for the information space and the most most uh, surprising stories are that Russia is fighting in Ukraine against NATO. So there's NATO forces there, there in, in, in the, on the ground. There is NATO, NATO generals leading the Ukrainian forces. There is USA um, uh, bio laboratories where they are, the, you, Americans are, are producing uh, biological um, things which can um, uh, uh, affect uh, the Russian females and so on and so on. So, so the, the stories are so big lies that, that the idea is that if you if if you tell a lie big enough, the people start to believe it. And now they are doing that. NATO is there and Americans are there and blah blah. So it's it's quite funny. No, in, 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 it's not funny, but it's it's strange. 
Yes, it's been very fascinating uh, to see how brainwashed the Russian population has become as a result of this information war. One challenge, I think, for the West is trying to figure out how to impose costs on Russia um, in a way that um, actually might work to put pressure on them. But for example, uh, one thing that the U.S. just did, the House passed a bill that would urge President Biden to seize Russian yachts and other luxury properties. So, I mean, considering Russia is a kleptocracy, um, are such actions meaningful in any way? Uh, do you think that they can really put pressure on Russia to change its course? Mm, that's a good question because I think we should have put a, 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 a big, big sanctions already 2014 when, when they took Crimea. Right. The sanctions were so weak that the Russians thought that the West is weak. And now when they attack uh, Ukraine, uh, before that, they, they, I think they make an analysis that we are still weak and they are not imposing, a, a, the, the West is not imposing a, a, a strong sanctions. So that was one reason why they attack. And now they are a little bit surprised. When, when we are confiscating, you know, the yachts and things with you, which you mentioned. But uh, we are now uh, on the turning point probably because now the, the oligarchs or, or the leadership close to the top leadership or the boyars, they are now, they soon had to think to whom they are loyal, to their family. I mean, to their money, because they, if, if you take the money, their money, they can't take care of their families, and then the family will suffer, or will they be loyal to, to, to the president? So they are now in, in a turning point soon. If, if we are able to confiscate all those, and freeze all those, those money of the leaderships, leadership people. So, so I think we should, we should do that, and we might manage if we really, put a, a hard, hard sanctions now on the leadership, which is close to the Putin, close to Putin, to take money and so on. Right. Uh, I, I would like to ask a little bit of a personal question, if it's okay, as you are a former military intelligence uh, specialist and and what do you think personally uh, about the fact that Russia and the Kremlin are basically using tools uh, from the military, uh, from the army and armed forces, these really, one could say, violent tools of information warfare against civilians? Um, how do you see that? How do you view that? How, how does that make you feel? Because I don't think Finnish Defense Forces does that, right? No, we have PSYOPs, of course. We have PSYOPs and we have counter PSYOPs and then we have cyber capabilities and so on. So, but Finland, Finland Defense Forces are defending as the name is Defense Forces. Uh, but the Russians, I, I think the, it's not the military who is making the information operations, mainly it's 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 a... Uh, it uh, the, the the intelligence services services it, it used to be KGB and now it's FSB and they have a playbook according which they are conducting their operations and it's 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 clearly seen 
it's, it can be clearly see that uh, FSB is doing almost all the operation according to old KGP playbook. So there has not been a lot of changes. So they are they are they are obeying or following the old 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 tr- tricks which they have done already earlier. But they are they are aggressive. You are right. Yes, you are ac- you are right. They are aggressive. They are more aggressive as we are, for example. Mm-hmm. And they are really trying to uh, get in deep into psychology of the people. And, and that I always um, wonder as a journalist, uh, as someone who is also uh, trained to process information, uh, but as someone who has never been even thinking of using information in some kind of dark arts against human psyche. So uh, what, what would you say, what, what do you see uh, being similar methods as the KGB has historically used, using uh, specifically in the information psychological side of information warfare that we are seeing nowadays? In in 1920s, the Russians they have 100-year history of of using psyche, psyche of, of the human being. In 1920s, they had in Cheka. Cheka was before KGB. It was the secret service. Cheka. They established disinformation bureau, a disinformation office in in Cheka, and they start to think how to influence a human being, how to influence to the mind, how to conduct the information warfare, information psychological warfare. So they have 100-year uh, traditions of, of manipu- to, to manipulate the human being mind. So they are very good that and they have used uh, psychiatrists and psychologists and, and, and all, all that kind of people, professional. And, and And they are using, for example, they are using disinformation. Disinformation, they have a tricks like uh, if they want to put, uh, for example, they had a story about how Americans, uh, how AIDS is a, 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 a disease which escaped from the U.S. military laboratory. So they put that information in a small newspaper, for example, in Africa, and somebody took that and put that in a bigger newspaper and bigger newspaper and bigger newspaper and it spread all around the world and 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 you can hide the traces who who is the the leak or who is the the the, the, the in uh, who who gave the information to the publicity so, so they are very good in that they have and, and they 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 bribe they bribe people uh, there's one uh, general KGB general who said that you can bribe all the journalists except uh, New York Times journalists. <laughs> That was mm-hmm. funny. And, 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 and so they have a long, long, long tradition. They use agents. I mean, they get used to people who are in, in a high position in society, in politics or in media or, or wherever. And they, they use them, for example, uh, to, to the people who you are not able to even understand that they might work for the Russians. They, they, They are uh, agents, influencers, and so on. So they, they 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 are very good because they have a 100-year tradition. Speaking of that tradition, um, you made this really interesting point that uh, in Russia there are two 
or there are different words for the word truth. Um, and can you elaborate on that? Does this linguistic difference mean that there is more of a tolerance for distortion and lies? Um, what are the implications of, of our differing linguistics? Yes, you know, they have they have two words, uh, Pravda Istina, and, and Pravda is like, a, it's like a tactical truth. It's like a tactical truth. It means that you use the tactical truth when you get rid or when you want to get rid of the difficult situation or you want to mislead or confuse or deceive the, the opposite opposite side. For example, when uh, the Russians went to Crimea in, uh, in the end of uh, February 2014, they have no insignias or, or flags on their sleeves, so nobody knew, knew how they, who they are. And Putin said that they are not Russian soldiers. And we were confused. I mean, all we here in the West, we were confused who they are if they are not Russians. And they get four, four days time to take the area. And then Putin said, oh, by the way, they are Russians. So, so it was one example of the use of the tactical truth. Or another example is when they start to uh, peace negotiations in Istanbul, I think one month ago. And Lavrov was there, and everybody, all you know, the, the the Ukrainians and all others were prepared to start the negotiations. The starting point that okay, uh, Russia has attacked Ukraine. And that was the starting point of the negotiations. And Lavrov, in his opening speech, he said that Russia has not attacked Ukraine. So he confused, he deceived, he misled all the you know all the other people who were in the room. So so they they are using tactical truth, very flexible. Those are just two examples. But, but uh, they, so it, and they have a, a word called, called Krukavaya uh, Paruka. It means that uh, a group guarantee. It means that if the group has a common goal and one person from that group stands in the front of the group and, and tell to other people a lie, the group doesn't uh, the, the group accept that he is lying because he's accept he's lying to achieve the goal of that group. So so they accept so so they accept the use of of tactical truth or, or or the lies at behalf of the group because it's part of the the way of doing business and the way of culture. Mm. Interesting. It's like lying is not necessarily necessarily taboo. Deception, no. in some cases, is tolerated, even encouraged. Yeah, but, but it's funny because I have five kids. I have five kids, and one of the first things which I teach them is don't lie. Mm. Don't don't stick your nose. Don't lie, uh, and and so on. Use the seatbelt and so. On. But but uh, but I I don't I don't teach it that okay use tactical truth I say don't <laughs> lie uh, and when we are educated in that way that okay people are lying are not they are not lying and if the opposite opposite side is 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 using tactical truth you are confused because you believe that okay they are not your your starting point is that everybody speak truth but if if the opposite side is using tactical truth, very flexible, you are confused. And it, it, it's quite challenging. Yeah. 
It sounds Correct. like you're a very good parent, uh, teaching them to, not to lie, not, no tactical lying. There's truth in lies. So it seems like you're, you're on the right track with parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I recommend that uh, to other parents as well. Um, uh, according to your expertise, uh, how dangerous do you view the Kremlin's information warfare at the moment targeted at the West and what should be done to counter it? I think it, it's funny to follow the, the the information warfare in Ukraine because the, the Russians, the, the Ukrainians, they have upper hand now. The reason is that Ukrainians are defending their homes, their families, and, and Russia is not in the war. So the Russians can't use all those, you know, the war words when they are, because they are in a, it's a special military operation. So the, the Ukrainians, they have upper hand now. But if we speak more generally, I think that to fight the information warfare with, warfare with the Russians, we had to, first of all, we had to have good processes and organization, and we had to understand the Russian way of doing the information warfare. We had to understand what is tactical truth and, and, and so on. And we had to understand that they have a long tradition and, and they are doing that every day, every day, every hour, because we are at the war. We are at the hybrid war. We are at the information war against Russia because we are part of, of West, as Finns, we are part of European Union and we have posed sanctions to Russians, so Russians see us as an enemies and they are fighting war against us in all those uh, levels where you can find, uh, in a, all areas where you can find against us below the Article 5 level. And, and information warfare is one of those, and, 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 and that's why. So processes, organization, so you had to identify, you had to scan the info space all the time, you had to identify, you had to detect, you had to identify, you had to limit, limit the Russian tactical truth, you had to hit back, you had to answer, but you had to hit back with the facts, facts and facts. That's brilliant. Uh, now we will start wrapping up, but before we do that, I want to recommend everyone uh, your video lecture about Russia's strategic culture and more. You can find it from YouTube. It has English subtitles uh, and it's named And you can basically find it with Googling Marti J. Kari. So thank you so much, Marti, uh, for joining us today and providing your valuable insight. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your expertise and your insight.